You are now, now, now tuned into Progressive Action Radio, the most objective show in America. Hosted by Tramel Thompson, co-hosted by Jamel Wilson, and DJ Damage is on the wheels of steel. You will never know what to expect when thoughts and wisdom unite. People, get ready. Ready, ready. Progressive Action is now live. Yo, what's good, cuz? I'm chilling. What's going on? You know, a little turn up at the Union Hall today. <laughs> <laughs> By accident. By accident, yeah. You know, life is something, man. What's going on? Yeah, you know, I ran into, um, you know, the, the, the division chair, Mr. Rivera, and wanted to ask him about those tranny comments. Wow. You know what I mean? Finally face-to-face after all this time, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, he may, he, he, he's crazy. Not in a good way, because he could get himself in trouble. Mm-hmm. But he's crazy, man. I can imagine. I you can know, only imagine. And, you know, he, he decided to try to stick out his chest when extra people come off the elevator. You know what I mean? Like, I'm supposed to get scared. only thing I did was turn up more. You know what I mean? But this is the same guy who ran down on somebody. Five, he ran down on, on another dude with five people because, you know, that's what he felt he had to do to be tough, and that person was by themselves. So I actually did the opposite. I ran down on, on him by myself, and he had three people with him. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, that's some real sucker shit, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, they, but the thing is this. Honestly, the union need a mediator for their offices because I'm hearing that this dude is really disrespectful. He's been disrespectful to members for a while. And they need a mediator so when members have issues, that a mediator could get in between and they could settle with some kind of way one-on-one and it could be talked out. Because yeah. this is not going to go away until he apologized or something. Remember, these guys done called my school, tried to get me expelled. You know, they, they doing stupid stuff, and they not playing right. Right. You know, it's negative energy, and, it, and, it, and if, if you know physics, energy doesn't die. It just gets transferred back and forth. That's it. And the only thing it did was get stronger today because he don't want to own up to what he said. Mm-hmm. And then they going to be like, oh, this isn't the streets. So what you trying to say? Where I'm supposed to talk to you at? He he said they want you to talk down to two Broadway. Two Broadway. So what what's gonna happen? I could get fired? Like they think I'm that stupid, and that just shows they can't handle me. Mm-hmm. They don't know what to do. Yeah, unbelievable, really unbelievable. Well, you know, like I said, that's um, this is grown men for you. You know, all these guys that talk tough on Facebook. You know, when you see them in person, yeah, this is how they are. But I, I, he listens to the show because. He still he still listened to the show because he made the comment about two Broadway. You know what I mean? So since you like listening, Mr. Rivera, you've been in this this uh union for 17 years. What have you ever accomplished? What are your accomplishments in 17 years? Give me five accomplishments that you have done. Besides run your mouth. I haven't heard of I haven't heard of him until now, to be honest with you. So he ain't making no noise. No, he ain't making no serious noise. Yeah, so fuck him. You know, but basically, uh, yeah, that's crazy. This well, is last time winning. Yeah. And I, I told him that. I said, I bet you $5,000 you would never win another union election again. Mm-hmm. That tranny stuff is going to haunt him. And if he lose and decide to go to management, then that's when I'm going to take my step. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to see how much they go support that. Well, of course. 
like I said, they you know they're gonna go to management because these guys are too good to go back to the driving a bus. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a demotion the, for them. It's it, below them. Exactly. Yeah, it's be, it's beneath it's them. Beneath them. Yeah. Oh my God, you know, <laughs> forget about it, man. You know, but basically, uh, you know, I want to say good evening to everybody out there. Progressive, this is Progressive Action. We're back, and uh, I want to say something. Um, I want to say a couple of things. First of all, I want to talk about the um, the tragic incident that happened on well, accident that happened on the New Jersey Transit uh, train today in Hoboken, New Jersey, where the train um, crashed into the station in Hoboken, and uh, one woman died. She's 34 years old, and there were multiple, multiple. Uh, critical injuries uh, that other people have that were on the train. Uh, it, it's a sad thing, you know. It's cases like this where they're gonna basically the federal government's gonna tighten up on the railroads, and you know I know by 2018 uh, all railroads are, are gonna be mandated to have that positive train control. Now, basically, from what I from, from what I remember, after the Spite and Diver incident that happened a couple of years ago. They were supposed to, um, the deadline was, was, I think, last year or earlier this year, but apparently it was extended. So, but other than that, um, you know, when these things happen, it brings, it trickles down to everybody, including New York City Transit. You know, they may get stiffer, you know. And another thing I want to talk about real quick is um, voting. You know, as you know, the upcoming elections is coming up, uh, elect, you know, in November, and uh, it's a tight race with, uh, presidential hopefuls Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. Now, you know, everybody may feel a way about the race and who's running and what's going on, but basically, no matter what the case is, everybody needs to register, make sure they're registered to vote. Tell your family, tell your friends, tell your passengers, tell everybody, make sure they're registered to vote. Because no matter what, that's our only voice, okay? And the elections is very important. Okay, because like I said, no matter what, whoever sits in that White House, whoever sits in office, uh, you know, it's the the livelihood. You need to remember that this is the person that's going to choose the future Supreme Court justices. And this is also the person that's going to choose the uh, attorney general. So this is something that you need to remember when you go to that voting plate, you you know, when you go to that voting uh, site and you vote. So basically, that's you know that's what I want to say. Everybody just needs to make sure that they get out and vote. I, I got some news for you. What's that? I ain't voting. You're not voting. Why should I? You got you got you got Hillary, whose husband put more black people in jail than any president ever. Mm-hmm. That was in her household. Then you got Trump. I don't want to be responsible for either one of them. I vote not to vote. You vote not to vote. Vote not to vote because neither one of them is good. They both are horrible. Bill Clinton, black people gravitated to Clinton because he played the saxophone and he smoked weed. Bottom line. <laughs> and he had women in the White House. Bottom and he got head and he got head at work. Yep. Women young enough to be his daughter. Yeah. That, that's the only reason people gravitated towards him. Uh-huh. And and with Trump, I, I believe that Trump needs to be in office yeah. because he that line needs to be drawn to wake the minorities up to yeah. show you that they ain't playing around with us now. You know what I'm saying? No, we too comfortable. They're not playing with us, you know. And I don't, you know, um, I know John Owens is gonna kill me when he sees me. But so what? But anyway, <laughs> you know, Trump. You know, this is a man that basically in the '70s in his youth um, was sued by the federal government because of housing discrimination against minorities. You know, and then also you got to remember um, Trump. If he gets in office, 
again, just like I said, you got to remember, he'll be the one choosing and nominating Supreme Court justices because Ruth Bader Ginsburg and uh, and, and 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 Justice Kennedy, they're not going to be in there forever. Okay, they're the oldest ones in there, for what I you know, for what I understand. So, and then you got to remember when um, if Loretta Lynch ever decides she wants to retire, Attorney General, like I said, they're going to be the he's going to be the one nominating it. So. That's something that, again, people need to, and then also unions. That's what you got to think about because no matter what, our livelihoods depend on the, on the, on our union. You know, even though we talk about our union or whatever, but w- without our union, we wouldn't have what we have today. And, you know, we wouldn't be able to think about asking for things next time, you know, ne- next time we try to go to the bargaining table, you know. And they friends, Hillary and Clinton went to Trump wedding. Matter of fact, <laughs> Trump had donated money to Clinton's um, campaign they, they, in the back of the they, days. It's a win-win situation for either one of them. They're working together. Exactly. They're probably <laughs> laughing behind the scenes with it's, each other. Exactly. But enough of that, our personal yeah. feelings on things. It's yeah, time political to stuff. Time, yeah, time to introduce our guests. All right. Well, like I said, tonight we got the stations department back in the house. That's it. Yeah, definitely. Stations is, stations has really been... Uh, Ruling in progressive action, you know well, what I'm they, saying? They rally is coming up. Yeah, they. Octo- yes, that's that's right. Two weeks away from today, October 13th, 10 a.m. That's, that's right. It's not not 10 a.m., but I need the black people to be on time. That's right. It's, <laughs> because it is going down. Yeah, not on black. Not not 12 o'clock. I need you to actually be there at nine o'clock. That's right. So make sure you get your coffee. Make sure you get your buttered roll. Your your cream cheese. Your egg. Your egg and sausage or croissant, whatever you get, yeah. make sure you're there. And bring your voice because we're going to be making a lot of noise. That's right. So anyway, without further ado, tonight, back to progressive action for the I don't know how, how many times it's been. <laughs> we have Mr. Anthony Staley from the station's department. <laughs> Good evening, everybody. How you doing? All right. And then we got Mr. Lance Jones for the first time in progressive action from the station's department. Good evening, everybody. That's All my right. boy right there. <laughs> and for the first time in progressive action also... We have Mr. John Mooney in the house. I'm here. Oh, yeah. Hello, everyone. <laughs> right. uh, I would like to be addressed as Chairman Mooney, please. Oh, Chairman, Chairman Mooney. Chairman, okay. yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, Chairman Mooney, he, he has on a, a corduroy blazer. He's, he's, chilling, he's chilling tonight, chilling boy, on a, on a chilly yeah. night, you know. Now, the first time I heard about Mooney was when the um, station agent booth got um, – on fire. They somebody tried to light it on fire. Yeah. And and Chisholm had put it online and said, Oh, Mooney is here. I'm like, who's this Mooney guy? Uh-huh. Every time I ask who's kicking ass around here, everybody's silent. Then Mooney come out of nowhere and you know he did the right thing. Okay. I never talked bad about Mooney before, so it feel good to have a guest here I never talked bad about. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> well I knew Mooney. Glad to be here. <laughs> well I knew Mooney because remember remember I told you uh, the other day uh last week, Mooney, that we met I first met you at the 10th anniversary of the strike uh, ceremony, ceremony that they had in Brooklyn for, uh, you know, back in December of last year. Our proud and glorious strike. We shut down the system. A proud strike. Don't let no one else say anything about it. It was a good strike. Everyone shut this place down. And I'm glad to, to go to that event and speak up for it. Now, what's your um, story as far as being uh, a TA worker and being in the union? How many years? Well, I, start, I started work as a station agent in 94. So that's when I started. I went to my first meeting in January of 96, a month after Mr. Kaufman got burnt in the booth. Isn't it a coincidence? 
where we had the Nostrand Avenue attempted arson, and my first meeting was right after Mr. Kaufman got burnt like Kingston through. Wow. You know what I'm saying? It was a correlation. I said, wow, this is what's going on. There was a correlation of stuff, you know? Wow. So, Mr. Jones, you, what's your story? How long you been with T.A.? Mm, okay. I've been with T.A. about 10 years. Um, I just actually started getting involved in the union um, as of last year because all the BS has been going on, especially with the cleaners and stuff, not having no voice out here. Um, I knew Mr. Staley here since I've been down here, you know. Um, but um, as far as that, uh, I'm not running for no office or anything like that. Um, I just want to see change and stuff. And um, I've been listening to this show since it first started, and I've been real interested in it. You know, everybody I know that's about change, you know, I try to pour them into the show. And you guys have been talking to me real interesting things and pointing out a lot of white in the black spots, you know what I'm saying? Because um, without this show, to me, people don't know what's going on because there's not enough information out there um, as far as in stations. We don't get the information, man. And then, you know, um, seeing that people respond to the show is even more better because now there's more information coming to, coming forward for, for the members. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, yeah, definitely a give back. You know, and I think people like Staley who participate, you know, Mooney's here now, so we go that we go get another expert opinion. Oh yeah. And you know, Staley been here. Staley reintroduce yourself again. I don't care for all the new guests. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, my name is CTA Staley. I'm in the stations department. I got twenty two years on the job. And I've been a shop steward, 21 of them, so uh, I've been around a little bit. I've seen a lot. Uh, I've seen it change over the years into the station's department to where it's at now, which is at a low as far as morale is concerned. When I came on this job, it was a little more, had a little more structure in the, in the department. But now it's just like, just went to the dogs now. It's just like anybody doing it at, when it comes to supervision, mm -hmm. doing basically what they want and how they treat the workers. And I think that's a direct correlation over the years to the people that represented the uh, stations department. Yeah. So, Mooney, you said you've been here since 1996. So, was you a part of that whole new directions? Uh, yeah. I want, not in the beginning, meaning I wasn't a part there. I assume it started in the late 80s, mid to late 80s. So when I got involved in 96, it was just probably in stations. We just had Marty. Marty Goodman was basically it. You might have had some people that might have been associated with it, but they really didn't do much or anything, you know. Uh, but I saw the whole growth. I saw the takeover when Roger won the election. I seen uh, the vital years, you know. I saw all the main action. And, and everything basically came. The, a lot of it came from stations department. Me and Marty... We pushed a lot. In 96, when I first got involved, we pushed for progressive, uh, progressive discipline. We had a rally, just like you guys are going to have a rally next month for cleaners. We, we wanted a progressive uh, discipline rally because discipline back then was, was out of control and, they, and there was no balances. There was no checks and balances. Uh, because of the rallies that we put together, we put pressure on the union and management and we were able to change 
the way progressive discipline was implemented with people. So rallies are effective. Oh, yeah. Listen, power concedes nothing without a demand. You've got to demand stuff. Yeah. You've got to stand up for your rights. You'll see how do people handle pressure. Put a little pressure on someone, they act differently. And when I saw this last year in the World Series, they said uh, when the pitcher for, the, for Kansas City, Cueto, is it Cueto? He's in San Francisco now. Mm-hmm. He's, oh, they're only going to pitch him at home. When he's on the road and he gets booed, he pitches differently. So if we go and we boo at management a little bit, raise a little storm, they act differently. They, they handle pressure differently. The politicians, you give them a little pressure, they bend, they break, they apologize. <laughs> you know, that's, that's like with this election, there's one thing I like about Trump, he don't apologize. Yeah, I like that too. They can get any, they, you can get any politician to apologize and change their position if you scream at them enough. They don't know how to handle it. Yeah. They're very weak. How are you going to go to war and put people's lives at risk if you can't handle criticism and pressure? Yeah, that's right. So fast forward today, and I'm going to put this a question across the board. How, is the, how do y'all feel about the union? Because you, you you're a union rep. This, this is what I see. You know what I like? I always like talking to people. I'm a good conversation. I'm in a token booth and people come through. You know what I've got? The new people, they want to fight. They're smart. They're energetic. They understand the issues. What they need is just leadership to say, let's go. Let's go this way. Let's fight. This is what we got to do. They're waiting. I see all the new people. One, two, three years on the job. They're ready to rock and roll. It takes them longer to reach top pay. They're paying more for their pension. Discipline. As we, I don't know if we haven't talked about it on the show, but per, if you're on, once you get hired your first year, they're trying to make it a year and a half now, your probation. What? That's right. Wow, I didn't know that. It's, well, they're not telling you this, but what they do is they can extend your probation six months, so a lot of people are just getting it extended. Yeah, yeah. And there's no challenge. There's no resistance. And while you're on probation, management can fire you whenever they want to. At least that's the perception, and we've been told. That's not the case. You can always fight. We've, for months now, I, I raised for two months, I said, uh, what's, I'm hearing all these pro- probationaries are getting extended. I says, I've never seen this in 20 years. What is this extending six months of probation? Oh, well, the, this is happening at our union meetings. Our leadership would say, well, you know, uh, I didn't go sick when I was on probation, and I passed probation. I didn't have no problem. Don't go sick. And you won't have any problem. That's, so uh, <laughs> I went sick when I was on probation. Yeah. I'm they, still they, they definitely yeah. told us that. So, so I was able to get a list of 20 people from management, not from the union. I went to management. I said, I want to reach out to the people that are extended. In the meantime, I'm doing research. I find out that DCAS has to approve any extension on your probation. Of course. That's true. Wow. That's what I was now, thinking when you first said it, yeah. So now the first person that I brought to DCAS, she was pregnant the last nine months on probation, and she had to take some sick time. You know when you're pregnant, you can't take medication, antibiotics and stuff like yeah, that, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and your doctor's going to say, listen, maybe you might take it easy for a couple of days here and there, right? Yeah. Because you got an illness. You don't want to push it. You don't want to hurt the baby. Hurt yourself. 
The first case we took the DCAS, and I'm saying we might have 200 people have had extended probation over the past year or two. I don't know what the numbers are. The first case we bring, transit surrenders. Oh, we made a mistake. She shouldn't have been extended. And that was last week. <laughs> wow. The I first case we bring, transit surrenders. So I'm saying to myself, how many people have been unjustly been denied the rights because on probation you don't have the right to, to grieve, discipline, and grieve your appeal, you know, do an appeal? Where does it say that at? It's in the contract. It, it is? Yeah. While on probation, you're, on it, you're not allowed to, uh, to grieve, you know, use the grievance for discipline, disciplinary grievance appeal. Now, you, you can probably, in, with the contract, the union, you're covered under other issues. But on the disciplinary... You're not allowed to appeal. You don't not, you're not entitled to the grievance procedure. So you're being denied a right that we fought for over the past 100 years. Unions have fought for this right to appeal. Have an arbitrator go through the process. You know, hear your case. Management's denying these people. How many people have been fired because they were denied the right to appeal when they should have been, been taken off probation? So let me ask you a question about the, um, the uh, DCAS. Mm-hmm. What if DCAS, DCAS have the right to approve it or deny it? or They, ha they have to. DCAS has to approve the extension. So they could deny it. Right. And say, no, this person will go through with a 12 months. It's, it's basically you're doing your 12 months. Now, transit is supposed to notify DCAS 30 days before the extension. So maybe like in the 11th month, the beginning of the 11th month, they should call up DCAS and say, listen, we're planning on extending this person, or we are going to extend this person. Are you going to approve it? Well, I don't know if that's been done. Now, I'm, guess what? I believe, because when I spoke to DCAS, when I, this all came down, I was getting the impression now that DCAS was trying to downplay it. And then I says, well, maybe, maybe I'm not all that right. But when I was talking to one of the probationaries, who's new? They're smart. She said, Mooney, they're complicit. They want to downplay it because they might have just ignored and rubber stamped 200 extensions over the past couple of years. <laughs> right? Of course. Now, see, and the MTA might have said, listen, well, we'll just say it's a mistake. And you don't have to write nothing. They don't want a written decision from DCAS, the MTA. And maybe DCAS doesn't want to write one because now they're going to be complicit because they didn't write one for the other 200. You see what's going on? Mm, of course. Oh, maybe we'll just we'll stay home and hopefully she walks away all happy. She don't have to do six months. But guess what? We're going to have to get this in writing. And we're going to have to know what's been going on down here. They've been taking advantage, the MTA management. And people have been suffering. So if I find out that somebody got extended, should I suggest that they go down to DCAS? Sure. Well, you, you want to look, look it over. Now, what I'm seeing here is this. Again, this is all new to me, and I'm doing this 20 years. So I'm learning day by day. We're all learning day by day. The way I look at it is that they can only extend you if it's for performance. Now, I was looking through the contract, and I seen stuff with extensions when it came to MAPSTOA, when they, when they eliminated the MAPSTOA contract. Mm -hmm. And they said, well, how do we do this? So I said, maybe with bus drivers, you know, a lot of people, who drives a bus? You come off, you're coming, you're coming into the, uh, as a bus driver, and you never drove a bus before. And a lot of people, they probably didn't even drive the car, but they got a license. 
So it takes time to see if this person can really drive a bus. So they have, it looks like in the, what the contract says, they, every three months they would look at your performance and see if maybe you need some assistance to become a better bus driver, right? So that makes sense. But as a token clerk or a cleaner, what are we dealing with? What performance here? So they went from an operational thing where you might need skill and in, in, you need learning and there's a lot of skill involved that takes over a year and they got to see if you can do certain things, maybe even some skilled trades, maybe welding or something, I don't know, okay? But cleaning a station and dealing with customers, you know within the first couple of weeks, just show, you know, do you show up to work on time and, you know, and you're actually going to do your job. There's not much, there's, you don't need a year and a half to find out if you're going to clean a station. <laughs> okay? But they're doing it to get over. So if they're extending your wages, takes five years. If they're extending your pension, okay, because your pension is going to be buttoned, it's going to be looked at differently. They're going to calculate your pension differently now with the tier six and paying more. The next thing, it looks like they're, they're trying to extend probation, and they're doing it the, the round the way. They're not doing it straightforward. They've seen a little thing in the contract, and they're pushing it forward. This was the first case, and I, when I'm up at the union, I says, do we have anything that we know of in the past where someone challenged this? And I got silence. So, no, this was the first one that went forward and transit surrendered. And they don't want a written decision because that will open up the floodgates and we can wave that around. Because the next thing I'm looking at cause is we got to start looking at a class action lawsuit. And looking at the people who got fired uh, after they 12, they 12 months that wasn't approved by DCAS. Now, I got, I've been speaking with a station agent that was fired several months ago on probation. She wasn't extended, but on probation. And she's willing, I just sent her down today to do an Article 78 where you appeal a, a governmental decision. That's an Article 78. You go to, you go to state court. Okay. And she, she had to get it in by Monday. I just started talking to her like this Monday. Okay. I said, this is what we got to do. The union is not informing people that are getting fired on probation what their, all their rights are. Even the best thing to do is not even to do an Article 78, but is to actually file a lawsuit in state court, a regular lawsuit where you have the right to discovery, where you can get evidence and find out, has this been arbitrary? Some people haven't been fired for this, some people have, and what does management know? What I heard in a meeting last month was that six station agents were fired on probation from one class. In one class of station agents, maybe 25 people in a class, right? Six of them were fired for shortages. It's unheard of. The number, you want to hear numbers like that? You might have had one, two people fired in a year. Six in one class. Now, this is what I told this woman. I said, you know what? At the beginning of the year, we were having problems with our revenue bags where they weren't completely sealing tight. You could open and close it and look like it was never tampered with. So if, and management knew this. The union notified them. Management was running around for months trying to collect all these bags and trying to replace them, but it took them time now to get a new order of bags. But at no point did management ever send out a memo notifying the workers that the revenue bags were defective and they could be opened and closed. And guess what? I would say to myself, if I went to court, and we presented this to a judge. And we found, and guess what? If you cross-examine these people and you put them through depositions and the right to discover revenants, you'll find out that transit even knows more about their defects. 
Oh, without a doubt. You understand? But oh, they're yeah. hiding it. They won't even put out a memo that the bags are defective. And, and not only that, that's across all, um, you know, trades of, of, of the, the your buses. It, those buses is not really being checked. No. When there's accidents and stuff like that. No. Mechanical issues. The trains, they not being checked until something happens. You know what I'm saying? Nobody ain't really checking these things. No, right. Nobody's checking but, behind them. There's no, there's no real checks and balances when it comes to that. And, and, you know, another thing, Mooney, you know, you talk about probation. Now, I have 16 years. And when I started at Map Store, we got it was, our probation was six months. So then under the 2002 agreement with the consolid, bus consolidation, then that's when it was in the, a part of the agreement to where now probation for Map Store people was a year, just like the TA side. But legally, and see, this is what I mean when I talk <clears> to people about the legal the legal separation still to this day between TA and, and um, TA service and OA, legally, they, were, they took it upon themselves to extend the probation to a year. That's right. You know what? Now, MAP Stoa, because you're non-civil service, non-civil service right. you can't go to DCAS. DCAS, the unit in DCAS that's going to oversee that. We're all, the civil service, I'd say to myself... You know, we always talked about civil service. Oh, we're civil service. I said to myself, really, what does civil service give me? Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about, oh, civil service, what protections does it re- I've seen people get fired. This, I don't see, where, where is this, with this great thing that it is? You know? So finally, I finally see something. If you're civil service, it's recovered by the New York State Civil Service Law. There but the localities actually oversee the law and enforce it. So like New York City, DCAS, they oversee New York City's, and we're covered by DCAS even though we're uh, New York City transit workers, right, which is like a quasi-governmental agency. Yeah, yeah. Try to figure out what, what the MTA is. Have a good time. Right? <laughs> and, and right. Suffolk County, they've got theirs, and counties throughout the state and cities throughout the state set up their own little units, and they are, they are given the powers of enforcing the civil service law. Well, DCAS enforces ours and the unit's called Civil Service Transaction Unit at DCAS, 1 Center Street. Elaine DeJesus is the one that's in charge of it. And the way I found out, I did a little Googling. I says, you know what? I'm not feeling comfortable with the answer I'm getting from the union and management on why they're extending these people. I says, there's got to be something with civil service. And I went down to 1 Center Street just knocking on doors. I didn't know who I was looking for. I didn't have no agents. There's a civil services down there. And I got nowhere. But when I was leaving, and I was waiting for the elevator, I seen a flyer on the elevator, civil service seminar. I said, wow. You know, I've been made a life out of making out flyers, you know. 20 years of handing out flyers. I see a flyer, I got to read it. So I took a picture, right, on my cell phone. Click, click. And the guy's name that was on it was uh, Brian Goldberg, the assistant commissioner of civil service. Wow. I said, wow. I says, if this guy was going to go to a seminar to speak, a free seminar, come to lunch and have a luncheon seminar, it was. I said, I says, this is a guy you maybe call up. So I called up and I spoke to his secretary, little phone tag, and then they referred me to this woman, uh, Elaine DeJesus. And she says, oh, yeah, you, they got to notify us 30 days in advance. I said, really? Wow. I said, look at this. I'm starting to get all these little things. And six months is the maximum. It's the first thing out of my mouth. Oh, six months is the maximum. They should actually give you like three months first. Wow. And then if you can't do the three months, give you another three months. Well, it's trying to bang you out with six months right off the bat. 
And then that's how they treat discipline. That's how they treat discipline. There you go. There you go. <laughs> you understand? And then you work from there down. So we need DKs. Again, 50 years ago, whenever, whenever the, the politicians made these laws, apparently they made these laws as checks and balances so that the employer, whatever government agency hired civil service, they didn't abuse it and say, all right, now it's a year and a half. We needed protection as workers, so we put that into the law. We got to get DCAS to do what they're supposed to do and be a check and balance and so that we don't get exploited. And you see, you know what happens? You see, especially now, I'm, I just turned 50, I'm gray. I look and I look, and I see pictures of new people, and I talk to the new people, 25, 30 years old. They're young. And we have a responsibility now to protect these people. And management is exploiting them. Hurting them. Young, young mothers on the job. Young pregnant mothers thinking that they got something good. They finally got an MTA job and, and you know, they have a future. They have dreams. They left something else to come here for a dream and hope and transit and giving them the runaround. Staley, what you think of that information, man? That was some good information. That's a lot because, of new information uh, for me. Right. <laughs> Especially the issue about the bags because I got a couple of uh, station agents that have been fired. And they contacted me over the last couple of months, and a couple of were referred to me. And uh, they, one was in particular, was was fired like four days before his uh, probation. probation was up. And uh, it was an issue of shortage with him as well. See, and I, I'm, I'm sure he's going to be glad to get a call from me <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> that there's some a little hope left that he possibly could get his job back, man. Cause that's, but that, that's something that I always said that um, was within our union were that people that didn't go the extra mile for, for, the, for the members, you know. Uh, if you're calling yourself being a leader and you're laying down on the job, you know. Uh, uh, today I did a case on um, dual employment, uh, grievance. And uh, there were a couple of cleaners that were um, uh, uh, giving, uh, uh, they were, their applications were tearing down. And, and they were using the federal law to, of the issue of getting enough sleep, safety sensitive positions. And as a, as a rule, uh, as the, uh, the reason to deny them. And, uh, and my thing is that your, your uh, representatives that are in place don't argue anything. They just management say, this is what we're going to do. And then they just says, okay. And they lay back. For that matter, what are we paying you for? We could just go to management ourselves and let them tell us no and don't have to pay you nothing. And we could just stick our tail between our legs and walk away. But, um, but your job is to fight, and I don't think our union reps understand that. You know, I heard one um, individual made a comment, you know, uh, uh, when, he, he, when he was there about coming aboard to get along. Listen, let me tell you something. This union been uh, uh, so, uh, 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 put, put it like this. They've been so far behind in understanding what it requires to do the job. They wasn't taught or anything that they just do what they do. So whenever somebody says to him, oh, such and such has come aboard and he's making waves, don't think of that being in a bad term for them to do that. That means that person is trying to make some kind of change, and they're just not used to it. Remember, it's a bunch of us down there, a bunch of black folks. So we're going, they're going to try to 
make you look bad, they're going to pad your disciplinary record, they're going to do whatever they can to try to ease you on out the door, to give them a reason to get you right on out that door. And every time you step to management and say, well, you know, this is what you, this year what you did was, was illegal. The first thing going to come out their mouth, what they told you, John Moon, it was your union. First thing come out their mouth, they want to slap it on the union so they can just clean their hands with it. Like, no, but as they that, should. It is the union for And it's true. Yeah. But, see, the members got to start understanding this. If you want to make a change in this here, then you have to play a more voiceful, and, 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 and a, a more voiceful role in it. See, but you know, see what's wrong with you. See, with the, the, the thing is that um, everybody, some people don't know what to argue for. They know something is wrong, but yeah. they don't know the exact what's, what's wrong with it or how to say something. How to and the, and, and the way New York City Transit work, people think that if you voice your opinion too much, you go get fired. Or you go get that target on your back. Used to and, be, used to be, that used to be the case. Roger got fired. Now you have to understand. Yeah, You're talking yeah. the late '90s. You had a lot of union activists and even officers that were fired. They go after you. They don't give you no mercy. Yeah, but you got my wheels turning. I'm ready to put. To, since you say you the flyer guy, right. I'm ready to put together a flyer and ask the members have their probation been extended. Oh, this is this is a great cause we can do right now yeah. because this is the this is the most important thing a union can do. People want a union to protect them. Exactly. I need protection. That's, that's the job. Of can a you union. fight for me? Can you get between me and management and fight for me and defend me and protect me and, and not be fired and, and, and laid off and all of these things? Can you protect me? We, we have to protect them when it comes to discipline because discipline, a lot of it is arbitrary. Yeah. Right. And, and, then, can, it all, and, sorry, and then it also goes back to what we talked about months ago when it came to the rights of members um, legally what a union is supposed to do for all the members in the capacity yeah. and I believe even on probation they're supposed to you know you are a part of the bargaining unit so they're supposed you know so they can still protect you legally you know it said to I, me it sounds my, like they they become an extension of management all right management say you can't get this you're on probation what that have to do with the union do the the union representation you taking dues out my check my first check yeah I think there is a, a, a provision in, in the management um, disciplinary book, and I think it refers to a certain um, uh, um, probationary uh, cases can be, uh, can, you can get union representation on it. I think if you, such as in this case with this guy with four days left before, he could have had union representation as well, because um, when you're that close, I think around your ninth or your tenth month, somewhere in that area, okay. you, 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 there's, an ex, there's an exception that's there. Um, I usually have a copy with me, and I'm just looking through my phone. I don't have it on, on my phone, but I'll, I'll show enough pull it up because I think it's towards the back end of that book that it, it says it refers to that issue now of that, uh, probationary uh, employees. This girl just posted. She, I, I know she ain't listening to the show, but she has posted in Progressive Action that Management threatened to extend her probation for calling out sick while she was on probation. See, now, the DCAS, the way DCAS writes it, the way it looks like to me is that you can, you can only be extended when absent for the amount of days that you were absent. They can't say you were out 10 days. They can't say do 10 days plus six months. 
It should just be for 10 days. If you were out sick for 10 days, that's that's where you should be extended. It's just for 10 days. Yeah, right. it's, just like, it, it's basically almost like making a bad time for somebody. Right. Who, you're but, right. But, but my question is, even if it's dead, I'm not talking about an unexcused, but I'm talking about absences where people bring in doctor's lines. You still got to make them days up. No, That's no, any, any type of absence. You got, you got to work so many days, you got to make one year. Yeah. Okay, so once you make your one day, if you were out for 10 days, you got to make up those 10 days, mm-hmm. and then you made your year. And that's right. it. Now, performance is where you should be doing the three and six months. We need a little more time to see if you can drive that bus properly, yeah. if you can weld this, you know, your electrician, whatever it is. There's a lot of things to do with it, you know. But as it with a cleaner, you really, I need a year and a half. To see if I can clean a station. So this, they're just, they're just abusing. They're abusing and exploiting something here. Let me ask you something. How you feel about the removal of the garbage cans in some of the stations? I'm asking my boy Lance that. Mm. You can, you can answer after him, um, Mooney. Well, move, move closer on, to the mic. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, um, they implemented that on the J line. Yeah, I seen it. The so, only thing I see is a little circle there where the garbage used to be. Yeah. It's lighter than the rest of the, the <laughs> platform. Yeah. Um, well, for the cleaners, I think, you know, it's pretty okay because, you know, like I said, on that J-line, people be putting all kind of stuff in that garbage. Now, what I've seen them doing is now what they do is they don't put them on the platforms anymore. They're putting them in the mezzanines. Uh. So they're starting to replace them again. So I guess they're trying out to see, you know, the floor of the garbage is by putting them in the mezzanines instead of them on the platforms. Mm. So that's something new. They just did that like I say about three months ago. Oh, okay. So we'll see if they're gonna extend it to put it on back on the platforms. But it seems to be working. When I mean, I- you know, I don't think it's gonna deter a cleaner's job because no matter what you do, it's New York. People gonna put garbage everywhere it is, so it doesn't yeah. matter. You know what I'm saying? So. What you think about that, Mooney? All right. So I was going around campaigning, handing out my flyers. <laughs> <laughs> and I was at Canal. And the woman's in the booth. She's the station agent. And the man in the booth, he was the cleaner. And I'm telling her, I says, they want the station agent to do snow duty. They want us to clean the station. This is what their plans are. They're talking about it. We got to stop them to get the station agent clean. So the cleaner says, well, what's wrong with the station agent cleaning? I said, they got rid of the token boots to get rid of the station agent, right? He goes, yeah. They're getting rid of the cans to get rid of the cleaners. Hello. Yeah. He got <laughs> it. He shook his head. I got it now. I got you. They got a big plan going down. I believe that. Big plan, long term. See, we think day to day. They're thinking, where are we going to be 10 years from now? What do we got to sign today so that in 10 years, the place is going to look like this? This taking cans off the subway started five years ago. And they started station by, they did a couple of stations. And they said, you know what? Let's see if how it works if we do the whole line. That's the J line now. They took them off the whole J line? The whole J line. Yeah. Wow. All right? So they're doing tests. This is five years. They... The cleaner's got to call the field office every tour to say how many bags he put in the room. Is that what they got to do, yeah. too? Yeah. So guess what now? So, so you just heard? The cleaner's got to tell him how many bags of garbage he collected on that station during his tour and let management know, I put two bags in the room. I collected two bags on the station today, on this tour. They just started getting other 
clean is not in this program to start calling up to see how many bags they're collecting on the station. If you ask me, they're getting ready. This is a master plan, a big plan, where the station agent, they're going to say, well, what can we do? How can we, how can we save money? If we can get the station agent to do two jobs, we're going to need someone on the station because if not, you're going to have crime. We're not even call crime. You'll have people living on the station. Exactly. Right? You see what it is. They'll be living on the station if there's no one there to keep an eye on the place. So you're always going to need someone there for security purposes. And the stations are packed. The trains are packed. You can't even get on a train. The trains are so packed. Got to let a couple of trains, and even Pentagrass talked about this. At a, at a, I seen it like on, on cable TV. He was talking to a business, uh, business breakfast. Says, you know what? We were planning on Opto for 20 years, but the trains are so packed, it doesn't make sense anymore. But there's a station agent of the future that we're looking at, where the station agent walks around. And this was all about the discussion of technology. How does technology affect the transit worker today, and how it could be implemented? You ask me. It's going to want us walking around, no cans on the station. Maybe there's one can when you're leaving, but not all over the place. You're going to, they're going to condition the people. We're in the transporta- transportation business, not the garbage business. Don't be bringing your garbage into the subway station. We're not here to collect it. They probably start finding the customers, too. Oh, yeah, they'll well. go all the way. They condition them. Now, what happens now? During last year... It first started off, oh, maybe you can pick the cell phones up off the track as the station agent, right? There's some additional duties. And then it, and then it went, oh, maybe some salting and sanding. It wasn't maybe. They said, oh, we agreed to it. And then when I made it a campaign issue, it went silent. But I, they said, we agreed to it. Salting and sanding. That's snow duty. We don't do nothing with snow duty. We sit in the booth and watch the cleaners do snow duty. I can tell you, I watch cleaners. I really don't know what cleaners do. You ask me chemicals, mixing chemicals in the rules. I know some, but, you know, that's a cleaner's job. We don't, we don't do anything with cleaning on a station. And then in January, after they got elected, the first meeting in January, they said, oh, we just agreed to a pilot program where you walk around as the station agent, right, with the iPad or whatever, and if you see something like a, something small, like a cup on the floor, you pick it up. I said, did he just say that? So they've been in discussions for a couple of years now on getting us to do cleaners' duties, however they are. And if you ask me, this contract for stations department, it's about the station agent of the future. I see we're getting raises. People talk about raises. We, see, everything's like a pendulum. One contract, you don't get raises. The next one, you do. Back and forward. It goes back and forward. I expect us to get raises. Oh, wow, three, three and a half. We'll get nice numbers. But there's going to be work rule changes, also known as productivity. You'll be doing two jobs for the price of one on some titles. And stations department is going to be the place where they're looking at right now. Yeah, I believe that. How how much raise you coming? Can I make a comment on that there in particular? See, the the fight there is that most of the – uh, station agents that uh, got 20 years, 15, 16 years, that, and that took a test with a job description in it. You know, they, see, the, the, the union can make an argument here that we're, uh, the, uh, the management have to draw a line, okay? Um, when I took the, uh, a station agent could very easily say, when I took this test, there was nothing about me cleaning, nothing. It was about me 
uh, 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 selling tokens and doing, this is my job description. Now, at this stage of the game, 15, 20 years down there, I mean, this is, you can't just change my job title like that. You know, they should, and, and this is the thing that the, um, uh, uh, the, the representatives and stations department should be doing on the behalf of the station agents is taking them to court and saying, this is the job title I came in here on. It says nothing about me cleaning nothing, and this is it. They ain't saying nothing about, but, but also, you got to look at this here. You got 1,800, in the last check, time I checked, 1,800 cleaners here. How you going to be pulling station agents out of the booth talking about they got a salt and sand when you got 1,800 cleaners out here, out, out here in, in, in your system? That's another, that, that's another thing people have to uh, look at. So uh, I just think that there is a good fight on the behalf of the station agents that got time on this job. Uh, the fight that when I took this, when I took the test, this is, was the job description right here. It says nothing about cleaning, and that's it. And that's the way the union, the union lays down on a lot of stuff. You know, they come up with the most ridic ridiculous rationale for doing some of the things they do. Uh, recently, like I said, there was an issue with the cleaners. Um, they have cleaners on mobile wash pulling the garbage out of refuge room for refuge. And they, and, and and this cat, I talked to Joe Bermudez, he, and he claimed that he got he got a, did a grievance on this, and really I don't I, I I like I tell everybody you have a right to see a grievance if it's done on your behalf because you're a cleaner you have a right to see it and you have the right to see the decision we're all members of this union we got a right to see whatever that's directly pertains to, to us and my thing is this is that. They have this nonchalant attitude, whereas they said, when management says something to me about, well, they all, well, well, they're just cleaners. No, no, no. You better, that, that's a terminology that they use to circumvent the contract and also to violate your rights. So you better wake up. Whenever you hear somebody sit there and say, well, we all just going to do it, didn't it? You don't have a fighter there. You got somebody just doing management's will. Get rid of his ass, call somebody that's going to stand up for you and argue the fact that there are categories for cleaners. If, if it wasn't, we wouldn't have HDC cleaners, we wouldn't have station cleaners, we wouldn't have mobile wash, we wouldn't have refuge, and so forth. Okay? It's categories. And everything is not a grievable offense. You could grieve yourself into something that you would regret later on down the line. Especially as you're not the sharpest knife in the drawer talking about, I want to sit up there and argue a grievous, and you boo-boo the fool. <laughs> okay? And you boo-boo the fool, and you're talking about, I want to grieve this. Bottom line is this. Some things that you got to talk directly to management with. Let them know this is what your manager is doing. This violates this. That's, 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 that's how you interact with management. You just don't sit there and let them come and tell you something, and you just... And come on, we don't need you. Let him just come out here in the field and tell everybody, this is what y'all want you to do, and let him take his ass back to his office. We don't need you. Now what me, we need you for? Let me ask you a question regarding that. If management phase out a job and that job disappears, they could reclassify you to another, to another title that, that's open. Now, that's going to be the issue because they go get rid of the they, – I believe they're trying to get rid of the cleaners or eliminate as much as possible. There's no garbage. What you here for? Right. Listen, there's always going to be garbage. I, listen, let me tell you something. I, and I meant to mention this when you mentioned that about that program. I just recently heard they wanted to put these cans back. 
okay? Because of the track fires. They said they have a high number of track fires. They have more track fires now than they ever have before. On the J? In the system, system wide, system wide. They have a a track. Uh, trash track removal program out now. Yeah, right. yeah that's, what I, wanted, yeah. that's what I every wanted to time, mention. Yeah. Every time they go to a station, they have to put up a, a memorandum letting the customers know that this has been serviced by a trash removal program mm -hmm. that they have initiated already. Mm -hmm. And that's why they were trying to say the governor was on the tracks that time. Oh, really? It was regarding the trash on the tracks. Oh, okay. Well, it had to have been a damn good reason, not a broken rail. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> Shoot. Uh, there's, um, take a look at this here, this part right here. Read, read that on the probationary uh, employees of okay. getting representation. But, yeah, they had an issue of that, uh, and they said uh, that the program wasn't, they had more fires, track fires than before. Now, they got this program going, going as well, but as far as cleaning the tracks. I think they had an article where they said it was bringing on like about 500 uh, cleaners to deal with the tracks, mm -hmm. but them that's MOW. Them are not station cleaners. Let's get clear on that. Right. Them are, them are track cleaners, and that's been there anyway. But the bottom line is this: the system is handling a lot of people, and a lot of people just see it as they got cleaners. You know, if you don't have a can on this station, we're putting it on the platform. And like I've been, like the J line here, where he's talking at, I'm walking down. Broadway, right under the Gates Avenue station, and the wind blows a bottle right down, right onto the platform, splat. It could have hit anybody at that point. That's a lawsuit right there. Yeah, that could have <laughs> hit anybody in the head. And I'm saying, you want to remove cans, but y'all don't live out here. Those that are sitting up there making that decision, they don't live here in the city. No. They live out there in the good old suburbs. They driving. They never rode a train. And if they rode a train, they run going only two or three stops from from coming off the... Uh, the railroad. The, yeah, or, or off the ferry somewhere. Right. Right. And coming right downtown, Lower Manhattan, to Broadway or somewhere like that. But you're not in this system. You're not going up to 125th Street. You ain't going up to 149th Street and Grand Concourse. Yeah. You ain't in none, none of these areas. Right. But you're sitting there and you're making judgments on it. And most of it is out of uh, uh, preconceived or rumors that you've heard. But you're not living in it. So how can you walk? tell me anything about me or what I do if you never walked in my shoes? You never walked through the hood. Come through here and walk under Broadway under the J-Line and see what happened. Walk the J-Line going back towards Queens from from uh, starting from like from Alabama and start going back towards that way yeah. and see what you see. Yeah, the, 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 the neighborhoods has changed, but the bottom line is garbage is going, it's what it is. If you don't have a place for me to put it, and thus, those are being respectful. If you don't have a place for me to put it, guess where? I'm going to put it where I feel that. I'm not jumping on a train and carrying no empty, empty bottle with me till I find a can That's to throw truth. it in. I'll be in my house and don't want to walk to the kitchen to throw something yeah. in the car. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, you know, they're asking, uh, 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 they're asking of the public something that they know they can't get 100% cooperation in. See, they've done surveys for five years. And it's in, the, it's in the, M the MTA has reports. The MTA board has reports just on this removal of cans from the stations. And they have every station. They know what type of garbage is, is collected. That's why in January, after Samuelson's team got elected, 
Isn't it amazing? In January, they come out. It was at the PM meeting. We had a big meeting. Linwood got everyone to come out to the meeting. They said, oh, we just spoke to Gato, the chief officer today, and we agreed to, agreed to a pilot program. Again, if you walk around, they try to minimize it. If you see something small, and he put his fingers together, Derek, with this. And I like everybody. You understand? I like everybody. I'm not here to be a beggar. He put his fingers together and said, listen, if you see something small, like a cup, yeah, you pick it up. And boom, he went on to the next topic. But I was sitting right in front of him. I was sitting in the front row. I said, did I just hear that? And I had, De- I had Kendra behind me. What was that about a cup? <laughs> what? <laughs> Who's picking up a cup? This. <laughs> this, so as we know, they know what garbage is. Newspapers are going to be extinct, extinct in the next couple of years. They're basically extinct right now. So they know newspapers are not the problem. And they'll get rid of these free newspapers too. Because they're not going to last either in the train station. Mm-hmm. Even with bottles and cans, they know the bottles and cans. That's five cents a piece. Someone's going to snatch that. As soon as someone goes down, someone's got their eye on that five cents. Uh-huh. They're going to pick it up. So now they're getting down. What, what type of garbage do just the average commuter leave in the station? Bring in there. Dunkin' Donuts, Starbucks cups, McDonald's cups, pizza stuff, little paper plate, McDonald's. So they're looking cups. It's, and they speci- I never heard of someone pick up a cup. So that was in a, a specific conversation in management head. Something like a picking up a cup. Because they know bottles and cans are going to be picked up by, by people that pick that up for five cents. Yeah. You see? So they know specifically what they have to target now. It's all these coffee cups that are out there. That's the way I figured it out. Because you drink it and it gets down to the bottom. You go, I gotta, it's empty. Where do I put this damn thing? Uh-huh. You're looking around. Say, maybe I can put it on a ledge somewhere. Or you're looking, then you put it on the ground. You know? You see how they handled the throwing away of Metro cars. They started charging people. There you go. The, then you don't see no Metro cars That's on right. the ground no more. They know how to condition people. They've learned psychology. How do you get people to change? And how they gonna when they eliminate money, how are you going to get people to use the, the, the cell phone? Simple. You give them a discount. That's how, they, that's how they got the MetroCard to work. You gave them a discount over the token. If you use a MetroCard, you're going to get a discount. And extra rods and all that. Yeah, stuff. all of that. That's, so that's where they, they know now the next stage of the revenue, getting rid of the cash. They'll keep cash around for a while. And then it says, listen, if we got cash is, say, $3 a ride. But if you use a phone app, get, get a phone app. Get the kid. We'll even have places where you can bring your phone if you're old and you don't know how to put an app in it. We'll find a way to get an app on your phone. And if you use the app, it's 25% cheaper. Now, now that could probably happen within the next decade, right? It's going to happen within the next two years. All right. Now, what is the sense, what's going to be the sense of the station agent? Well, this, well again, we are here. When I... The system is so packed. In 95, when they implemented the MetroCard free transfers and the unlimited ride, ridership in the subway was 3.5 million subway riders a day. Now we're reaching 6 million riders a day. The system is over, it's packed, and it's packed 24 hours a day. 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, there's people getting off the train. And then people start going in. I said, look at this. <laughs> so the trains are packed. Management has even said it, the trains are packed. Areas, again, it's great when you go out and you hit the road and you meet your coworkers. I go out on the L line, Morgan, Jefferson, three in the morning. The streets are packed. Wow. The station's packed. Forget about Bedford. It oh, was, it was packed that, 15 yeah. years ago. But now I'm out of Jefferson. And you got all these beautiful girls in summer dresses coming on in. 
at three in the morning. Yeah, because I can remember back in the day, those stations, you talk about Montrose and Morgan and Jefferson, yeah. Halsey, desolate stations uh, at night. Keep the, keep the car doors locked and don't stop. Just keep driving. <laughs> That's right. Keep moving. Don't stop. Okay? It was rough. Scary place. People had needles in their arms. You understand? Yeah. It was a real, real rough place. So I'm seeing this, this system is packed right now. It's over, there's overcapacity. You, you're a conductor. You know. And even bus drivers know it too. The place is packed. So there's going to be a need for always having someone on the station. They're trying to look now. How can we just now have one person on the station instead of a station agent and a cleaner? And the union is going to be complicit in it. They're going to have to sign off on this. And this is with the governor, and that's what this whole negotiation is going to be about, this contract. And you know how they do it? Management, they'll sit down. That's why they're talking now. I believe they're talking now, management and the union. They're already working on the details, the heavy duty, because it takes time to work on the language. How do you put all these cross the T's and dot the I's? Oh, I don't agree with this word. Take that word out. It takes a while and lawyers to go over it. You just don't do this in one hour before midnight and come up with 20 pages of detailed stuff. <laughs> no, yeah. that's, that's, well, that's but, what people it is, you know. Well, this contract, but, the pamphlet. Yeah, yeah, the pamphlet. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I wanted to uh, uh, go back to the uh, fact where you were saying they, were, they phased out a, a, a title. Yeah, they can phase out a title, but those people that have been in that title for over 10, 20 years or so for, it doesn't affect them. They could phase it out, yeah, for the new people coming in, but they can't throw it on the old people. Understand that. Um, what, the, what did they change uh, for, now it's five years for us to have uh, be vested? Vested? I think they, they dropped it down to five. It's, they, it was wait a minute. It was, yeah, they upped it. Yeah, 10. So I'm saying, uh, station agent 15, you're not coming and talking about you phasing me, phasing me out. You you gonna have to draw a line. The same thing I argued this years ago when um, they brought in the wet program and they and they started this issue with making cleaners, uh, uh, um, what you call it, um, what they are now. They got labor class cleaners. We started. What they did was real slick. What this is what management did. They made us all, all of us, from top to bottom, all labor class, right? And one day I'm working on a case at 130 Livingston that came up. And, uh, and then it was told to me by the then uh, division chair that I would have to argue the case, and which I did. And uh, the civil service cleaners, the cleaners that had civil service, they gave it all, uh, gave our civil service back to us, status back to us. But then they had to draw a line, and they're going to have to do the same thing in this case here with the station agents. Yes. They drew a line, and they said, from what point uh, were they going to uh, make them labor class? Now, the only reason why they came up with those from 95 up to become labor class was the fact that uh, TA didn't hire the cleaners for a long time, and actually they started using an expired list, and they used that one in three thing. Uh, 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 way of pull, yeah, yeah. pulling them in, right? And, uh, and when they originally came in, they had civil service status. But when they went back, the new cleaners, when they went back and got their new passes, that's when they put labor class on there. And at that point, a decision was made that those that was called off this expired list from this point on was going to be labor class. Now, if you call DCAS, which I've, I've done, and I and asked them, the last class of civil service cleaners came out, and they said 1994. 
that is it. Other than that, it's labor class on up, and that's how that was established. The same thing is going to be done with these, with the, with the clerks. They just can't say, I've been in a booth 15 years. Some of them ain't physically fit to do some of that stuff that you're going to ask. So I don't care if you're talking about walking down the platform, bending over and picking up a cup. You see, some of them ain't want to even be, maybe fit to do that. I, I think a lot of stuff in the past, they were, there was compromises with the union and management and the government, they says, well, we won't go all the way. Just maybe the people in the future. But that's, that's, that's a classic negotiation tactic. Okay, but, where they but, sit down but my and they point... They sit down and they say, listen, we'll only affect the future people that come on the job. But, but understand this, is, this. But then again, see, the thing what I'm trying to get You're at still going to have a choice. That's what I'm no, saying. No, no, no. See, these are the choices that everyone at the table to make it go smoother. They says, well, listen, we won't, we won't, we don't care. See, that's where the unborn stuff used to come in. It will be the new people that come in will be affected. That's what's the whole purpose of the strike. We, we want you to sign off on something where the new people coming in are going to get something different. Yeah. You see? You so, see but, but. so what, hap what, I'm just, what, what happens here is in negotiations. See, if you ask me, see, and, and things have changed. We don't fight the way we used to. We don't have the political power. You know, how many Republicans, uh, from Giuliani to Bloomberg, we're talking 8 and 12 years, it's 20 years of a Republican was, was elected mayor in the city of New York. Mm -hmm. So, and we're supposed to be a Democratic town. We can't even get people elected. That, was, it 20, was it 20 years? 8 plus 12. Yeah, he yeah, was, was 20, 12, years. 20 years. 20 years. 20 you see? Years, yeah. Yeah, so you had Bloomberg 20, did 12. 20 right. straight years. And Bloomberg did 8. So, yeah. Yeah. things have changed mm -hmm. The world has changed, and the way business is done. I, what we're trying to do, Staley, is we're trying to say, hey, listen, we gotta, we got to draw a line, and, man, we better, we better start fighting because guess what? They're looking to change our titles. That was in the last contract, to change the station agent title. It was in the last contract, to have negotiations after the agreement and to look for additional functions for the station agent. Well, see, this is, this is the thing that that, um, that gets me with the whole issue, is that how we lie down as, as a workforce when it comes to a lot of issues. And this one in particular, because you had a VP that gave an open letter to the, the people in his own title. And, and, and it was an open letter allowing management to di dictate to them what's the station agent of the future going to be. Okay? So my thing is this. You're putting in people uh, because, oh, they smile, they're your friend, they look here, he look all right, but, but he's, he's weak as a leader. See, leadership, is not, uh, leadership skills is not embedded in everybody, you know, especially TA, they, they got the upper hand. They've been manipulating our union for years because we keep, you know, look at the workforce. You pick your... Union representation from the people that you work around. Some of these people, you, you, you ain't going to want them to represent you because you listen to how they speak and what they say. And, 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 and yet and still, you say, I just because I like him, I put him there. What is the most, most insulting thing that an individual that's calling themselves a leader can possibly do? Is sell out the people that he calls himself representing. What can be a bigger sellout than giving an open letter to management telling them you can do with this title whatever you want. We'll call the station agent in the future and you'll come out 
five, six years, a year from now with the description of station agent of the future and these, my people are going to have to accept it. People that you sit there and use terminology talking about, oh, my people. My people what? What? What are you going to do for them? Did you stand up for them? Do you have any backbone? You see, because one thing that I pride myself on when it comes to dealing with management, management knows my position and I ain't shaking, especially if I'm right. I ain't going nowhere. We going to fight. Hunch up. Down south, we had a terminology called hunch up and knuckle up. We getting ready to fight, okay? That's how it go. But these cats nowadays, and management is confident in it. These cats want the perks, but they don't want to do the work. You see, and management know that. I'm going to throw this at such and such, and I know he's going to go for it, and we going and, and once he signed on it, we're going to commit them to it, and, and, and it's going to be a hell of a fight if we ever try to give it back, if we try to get it back from them. That's, that's bullshit, you know? And then you want to sit around and talking about what you've done. The last 30 years, and, and, and John, I'm, and I'm, I'm saying this to you because I want to see what, what your perception on this. The last 30 years, station's department was ran by station agents. Am I correct? Yes. All VPs. Now, when you say the environment and the atmosphere in the station's department that exists today is, the same, is, is because of all the VPs that we had in the past. Well, this, this is... It's a yes or no question, it, Joe. I don't want no explanation. When I finish, then you can rebuttal. Not, not, okay? I'm, I'm, you can rebuttal. Say, say it over like, towards the okay, end. Okay, I'm going to say it again. <laughs> Listen. The last 30, 40 years. Hey, Sailor, your debate is next week. Hold <laughs> 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 I understand. I understand. But I'm asking John right. because I want to make a point. The last 30, 40 years in the station's department, all your VPs were station agents, wasn't they? Uh, yeah, except Mahalix. Mahalix was revenue. You know? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's, a, that's the only one. I knew there was one in there. I couldn't remember it. Somebody was trying to tell me it was, what's her name? But I knew she only went as far as division well, chair. Be, be, while Mahalix was there, Julia was a cleaner. She was yeah. the recording secretary. Yeah, she was a recording And that's secretary. when cleaners were strong. Yeah. I would assume that's when the, yeah. the height of the, the yeah. cleaners, Julia, when Julia she, was tough. Yeah, and she, and she, and she went was, as far as division chair before she left. I no, think. no, Julia. Julia was the recording secretary of the local. Yeah, no, no. Um, Julia McMillan. Yeah, not is it is it McMillan? Julia was uh, was with was with uh, was with Willie, and even right. before Willie was there, Julia was the recording secretary. She was with Tank, right? Okay, yeah. Patrick okay. George, right. Loretta Mines. Yeah. They were solid. That, they the cleanest title was that's solid. That's I was talking about. Loretta they was, Mines. They, they controlled. Yeah, I was talking about Mines. Cleaners was was yeah, was Loretta. a strong organized unit. Yeah. And my point is this, over the years, right, the changes in the way and the direction that station's department went, it has a direct correlation with the leadership that's been in place over the years. Am I correct Every, or wrong? Everything is leadership. Everything okay. is, yes, everything all right, that's is leadership. A, that's all the point I wanted to make. Mm -hmm. And, like, you have few, uh, people that sit there and say, I'm picking, I'm picking I, I like this person. Let me tell you something. When transit get folks down there to two Broadway, they wouldn't care how much I don't like you. If you could get my ass off the hook, you my man. You my man. That's the way I feel about it. And transit know the mentality that exists down here. They know that, you know, people are going to pick those that, you know, you, we're not all built to lead or 
we're not all built strong because if we did, we wouldn't need lawyers and people to represent us. If we all were strong enough to represent ourselves, we wouldn't need lawyers. We wouldn't need people to represent us and so forth. Everybody is not built for that. But you also got to do the homework on the people you pick to represent you. And you can change. Uh, uh, you can change a lot. Stations Department over the years, went. I mean, it, it went down in the dumps mainly because of the, the bullying and intimidation that's allowed in the department and how a lot of it is covered up, you know, uh, not being reported or, you know, people sympathizing with others. And like I said, a lot of people is a standoffish with me because, listen, I know the, the chain of command down here don't work. It just don't work. Now, if either I'm appealing to upper management or I'm taking this outside, pure and simple. So people just say, listen, as long as he don't kill nobody, let him stay his ass over here by himself. <laughs> let him stay his ass over himself. We ain't going to bother him. And, we, and, 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 and he ain't going to bother us. But my point is this. If you want to change things, you have to show them that you want to change. If people want to sit around and think, ain't nothing came to anything that sat there doing nothing. Whatever came to them but nothing. You see, so there comes a time when people have to stand up and fight for themselves and stand on, on, on what and believe in what they fight about. Focus on what you're fighting about. Trust me, there's a lot of politicians and people out here that don't get along, don't like each other, but they come together to focus on something that's going to be beneficial to them all, you know, and then that's all it's about. And that's what I'm saying here in this case here. You know, we're so separated as far as cleaners. And station agents, we're all over through the system. So it's hard to get a bunch of us together and speak to them and get a point across and say, listen, let's do this to achieve this. You know, let's focus on this. Let's stop fighting amongst ourselves. Let's stop turning each other to management because you mad at each other. Because the bottom line is this. When you turn your, your fellow co-worker over to management over over because you're mad at them, you got to remember, they got a family too. So did the child deserve... What you're trying to do, their parents to get them to lose their job or whatever, child had nothing to do with it. He still got a household to take care of. That's why I said the union should also have a program where they come in and intercede first before management get with this. I've even had management even as recently said to me, Stanley, I want you to come over and speak to a cleaner. And after, because I'm, I'm getting ready to write this person up, and, and I want you to come speak to them. And, and, and then anything afterwards, I'm go, uh, it's, it's what it's going to be. And I do that for a few uh, 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 supervisors, superintendents. I'll, and I'll do that because that's what it should be in the first place. You, you, you should know, you know, you have, you know, what's coming your way. You know, you got cats that, you know, uh, that has the, this attitude where they feel that, um, that uh, the, the, the union is not supporting them enough. So they have an attitude towards the union. I don't want, you know, the worst thing I ever heard, I'm gonna say this right quick and, and, and then you can go back to Mooney, was I was on the road uh, back earlier this year, like around February, and I ran into some new uh, station agents at Fulton Street, the new hub, ran in and, and, and the guy said to me, uh, uh, you know, they said, uh, they telling us supervision, this is management telling us. Um, uh, not to use the union because the union ain't no good. And I said, and I felt some kind of way when he said that because mm -hmm. I'm saying, why would you allow somebody to tell you that and don't challenge them on it and ask them that? 
You know, you just went with the flow. At least call somebody and, and, and find out and get, and, get, and get, but truly, you might, you might just end up getting what, you, you, what he's trying to, you know, convey to him about how your union is. It's, we've got to change the mentality. We've got to get people in there that want to do the work. Not just for the perks, but just want to do the work. It's a little research, but it's also internally, too. You know, you know what I've learned? Not everybody knows what a union is. They don't know. Yeah. Hey, that's the truth. That's definitely the truth. <laughs> that's the truth. Now, when I, when I got two weeks of release time back in the beginning of August. This year? This year, in August. They gave me two weeks. So people probably were on vacation at the union hall. They said, Mooney, we're going to uh, give you two weeks. Now, I thought the two weeks was to go over the station agent pick books because it happened at the same time that they got the pick books. I said, oh, I'm probably doing the pick. That's what the chair's supposed to do, go over the pick books. Well, they didn't put me in doing the pick books. They gave me a schedule to go out and be out in the road to hand out flyers. For some reason... For those two weeks, every day, I got into some wild situation. I shut down three jobs with safety resolution forms. I got into confrontations, one with this uh, Stuart Riles. What's her name? Super, yeah, huh? yeah, I know Super, about her. I, this yeah. is all new. I never heard of her before, yeah. but I, yeah. my first I, day out there, boy, boom, we hit it. It was fireworks. Right there yeah. on Bedford on the L. That's right. Bedford on, it was firework. Now, guess what? I realized, I even went to a hospital two days later when a station agent got punched in the face while he was going up and down the line giving lunches. We get half an hour lunches in the token booth. So this guy goes up and down, gives people a half an hour, and he, and he was on the A train between 14th and West 4th Street, and he got punched out by some maniac inside the train. The door's closed. And he got punched out by a, a maniac. Well, the supervisor at the hospital, when they asked him to, for, to write a G2, I says, you know what? I says, I, I need a couple of minutes. I want to speak to my member. Can you step out of the room? Because the guy's in a stretcher, so he can't step out. So maybe as a supervisor, <laughs> can you step out? He says, no, I'm not leaving. I says, I don't think you understand. I'm here representing the union. The union is here, and I'm going to speak to the member in confidence because whatever he writes could lead to discipline. I'm not leaving, he says. Wow. Well, they eventually took the guy's pass in the emergency room. Wow, wow. Well, I assume that they, because it was physical, he got punched out. They said, well, that's an altercation. And all altercations have to go to labor relations in the morning. No, that's a, that's a misinterpretation well, the, of the rule. Well, this is what I, I'm there now. I'm you see, I'm there. That. Yeah. See, again, no one from management told me that this guy got assaulted on the train. No one officially from the union called me up. I am the official person answering the phones at the union. Or we got someone that's going to the hospital. Actually, it was Carol that, that called me up to say, listen, uh, Dave just got punched out doing a lunch relief. He's in the hospital, Mooney. I says, good, I'm on my way. I'll be there in 15, 20 minutes. I called up Bermudez, and this is one thing Joe did good. I says, Joe, I'm over here. The guy's in the hospital. He got punched out. Next thing I know, I, then I'm, I says, Joe, they just came back in the room. They want the guy's passing badge. 
They're taking him out. What? Joe called up the general, and me, Joe, and the general had a three-way conversation. I said, this guy, he ain't doing this. Guy, this ain't a tough guy. I said, when you see him, you'll know what I'm talking about, boss. And I call a lot of the, the, the superintendent's boss, whatever. I said, listen, you see this guy. This ain't a tough guy. He got beat up by some maniac, and we know the maniacs at West Forth, right? He says, all right. And I says, you know what I think the problem is here? See this supervisor? He don't know what the union is. He never seen the union before in a hospital room when they have to fill out the accident reports. I guess what? The supervisor probably never seen a union rep on the work site when he's talking to a cleaner or talking to the station agent when it's going down. Maybe the next day, maybe the next week, but not when stuff is going down is the union rep there. That's the problem with stations. Supervision's never seen the union when it's going down. Maybe later on after the fact, after the G2s have been filled out, the action reports have been filled out, statements have been taken, guess what? That's when it's too late, when all that stuff's yeah. been written up. No. And they don't know what the union is. The, un the management don't know what the union is. That's not the a, members that's don't know what it is. That's not an excuse for me as far as I'm concerned. You know why? Because they know there's a union. It's just that the attitude or the mentality that exists there. But you're supposed to know your job. If you're a supervisor, it shows in your description what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be knowledgeable of. If in any position where you're in charge of a group of people, more than over 10, 15, hundreds of people, you best to know your job. Because you know what? If it's a guy like me writing you up, I'm going right to your boss with it. And my thing is this. I'm going to ask for them to consider. I'll put it in, in, in my writing the way I, I'm going to phrase it, is that maybe you shouldn't be in your position if you don't know your job. Because they'll go after your ass. If you don't know your job sitting at your ass up in that booth, they'll pull your ass right out of there. The same thing with supervision. Remove their ass if they don't know their job. Don't come over here telling me you don't know and in the process violate my rights and then in the process also put the agency in a position for a lawsuit. Now, I'm going to tell you all something crazy today. After the altercation I had at the union hall, I got a phone call that a cleaner got robbed. Hmm. It, it, it must, I don't know when it happened, but the, the person said, I know that you're knowledgeable. You know, a cleaner got robbed. So she said, can you please speak to my sister? So I spoke to her and said, what happened? She ended up getting robbed at Amtrak at Penn Station. But she's a cleaner in mm -hmm. CT, was it CT, um, CED? CED. She okay. a, C, she a CED okay. cleaner. Uh -huh. But, I, you know me, I don't, I'm thinking cleaners is represented by all the same people. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know. But she was telling me that. She went to work. She told her supervisor that she got robbed. <laughs> Instead of them giving her the day off or whatever, they just told her to go to uh, 180 or 130 Livingston to go get a new pass. I said, you just got robbed. They sent you to go get a new pass. And I said, where's the union at? She ain't have nothing to call a union. So I called Bermudez because I just left Bermudez. So I said, look, I got something for you. One of your people just got robbed or whatever. So he spoke to her. They sent Todd there. She told me that Todd went there and raised hell because they wasn't trying to give her an IOD package. Even though she wasn't at work, they was like, look, we still go do this package. He raised hell and, and did that. But as far as supervision, where does humility come in at where your, one of your workers just got robbed? Exactly. No matter if it happened on the property or not, one of your workers got robbed. 
instead of sending them to go get a new pass and then instruct them that, oh, you need to also go replace your alternate footwear card and all that other stuff, where does humility come in and say, look, why don't you just take the day off, take a couple of days off, and call us when you're ready. You just got robbed, strong arm robbed, you know what I'm saying, stuff like that. Now this woman is worried because this person took all her ID, knows where she lives at, Mm-hmm. And and when I spoke to her tonight before I came in, she said her daughter's in the hospital because her daughter had a panic attack. That's right. Because she afraid that somebody go come, and um. It's as stressful as you can get yeah. when you get a strong arm robbery. Come on. Now check this out. She also said that she tried to book off for tomorrow because she, you know she she distraught. She said they wouldn't accept it. Wow. You see, she said they wouldn't accept her day off. So I told her, I said, look, this is how you handle it because she told me she had FMLA. I said, right, that's a federal thing. What you do is you call them, you put them on, you put your phone on speaker, you record on another phone the whole conversation, and let them deny your FMLA so then they can have a federal suit against their ass. Then they in trouble. Don't call out regular sick. Now use your FMLA. Because she said that she's, she's in, whatever her FMLA issue is with her health, mm-hmm. she said it's affecting her now because she's stressed out. There you go. You know what I'm saying? So I said record the conversation. And they, they disrespect that. Then you go get your lawyer and you have a federal lawsuit. Always. I think the, um, who, the chairman for CED. That's um, Nelson Rivera? Nelson Rivera. That's right. Yeah. Well, he's, I, the I, I, he's the VP. He's the VP. Yeah, he's the VP. Yeah. Now, at, at one point, what I, I, I was hearing during um, the election time that he was a good chairman uh, for them. But then over, the, over, the, over time... I get so many calls from cleaners and CED, and, and now I get a diff, different perspective on them. But me and him had a confrontation uh, uh, during election time where uh, <laughs> we, uh, we got, we got he, he, he wanted to really uh, call himself uh, um, poking his chest out, making a remark referring to, uh, you know, all we care about is getting out of service. You just run where we, where, we, where we want. And I had to look at him and say, listen, you got the wrong person to be trying to tighten it. You, the, you know what? The, the next thing that's going to be tight around your neck is going to be my arms, my, my, my hands. <laughs> you don't talk to me like that. You know, y'all don't own me, you know, first thing. You know, I'm a, I'm my own man, and I, 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 take, I take my position, I take my stance. You ain't coming bum-rushing and bullying me about Jack. But, you know, I got some, uh, you know, some uh, 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 CD cleaners that, uh, you know, uh, having problems. On, on the job, and this cat is basically like, like, like no, no, like AOL, you know, a wall or something. He said he, he said he wanted to get Samuelson out. He says, yeah, he said we were, we wanted. He, he ran alongside what you call it. He we ran may, with we um, Joe. Need, we he may need him Joe. on. A, we may need him on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody want to get Samuelson out? Definitely. Yeah, yeah. He said that, but um, I, I've got some uh, assault, physical assaults over there, and CED by supervision against. And I mean, these cleaners calling me. And I said, you didn't call the police. Because you definitely should call the police and have the supervisor arrested. Now, that's what's crazy. I have heard stories of supervisors assaulting cleaners. Cleaners, yeah. 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 I, I, and, yeah. and I know somebody right now who told me that a supervisor assaulted them. And nothing you. nothing was done. No no police, no nothing. What Cedric the Entertainer said, I wish a motherfucker would. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Look, I got, look, my boy Lance, my boy Lance, about six four, 
silent. I don't think nobody going to assault him. No, he, they just got to look at him. <laughs> they don't even come down to this platform. They looked at no, him. He ain't going to go down there and talk to him. See, it's good. See, you know why, exactly. I'm, ha- I know why I'm happy he's here? Because they go, they go be intimidated because of your size. Mm-hmm. Now, when you come, you speak well. You know what you're talking about. You start applying yourself. It's going to be an issue. They were Lance coming. Yeah. Everybody out the building. And then, <laughs> and then, you know, another thing that I want to address is that, you know, um, supervision and, and managers all across the board, uh, you know, listen, when it comes down to this, uh, you know, to this agency, you are all employees of this agency just like we are. Because, again, you got to remember, these people did not create it. They're not the CEOs of transit. Okay, so basically they have to, you know, if you write to the right person, they can be taken out of their job or even demoted also. How many times we say the only people safe in MTA is the board members, the people on the MTA board. Yeah. Everybody else is fooled. You mess up. They're not even safe up there. Yeah, not not really. Only person that's probably is the governor. <laughs> really? Right. Right, right now right now the MTA board is there's a division. I never seen it before. But I went a couple of months ago and there is actually a division between the governor's appointments and the mayor's appointments and they actually battle and yell back at each other. I, I never seen it before. What? The you mayor know? the mayor has an MTA board He's also? got he's got at least three well, people. Four. He, he, he has a he, he has a number of out of the whole MTA board the mayor of New York City can appoint like what three or four something yeah, like three. that. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Three. I never knew that. The yeah. governor on he has yeah. the majority, though. but he the yeah. majority yeah. is the, the, the governor. The, that's right. Governor, yeah, yeah good old Cuomo. Mm-hmm. So, um, but um, I, I wanted to clear up something uh, I spoke on earlier. The issue on the station agents and the, over the years, I, I got a lot of friends that are station agents. I want you to take it the wrong way. It's nothing against the station agent. I'm talking about. I'm not talking about a title. I'm talking about an individual's ability to do a job. That's what we're talking about here. I don't care about your title. The bottom line is is that if you're going to put somebody in there to represent you, you know, just make sure that person is strong, that they're going to stay, stay in there on your behalf and fight for what you expect them to protect you on, you know. Uh, same things with, 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 with cleaners. I got a lot of good friends with the cleaners. And, and my thing is this. Pay attention to all the people that run around you and, and, and be talking. The locker room, what they call the locker room lawyers and all of that. See who are the ones that stand up to management when they come in front of you. Those that stand up in front of management and able to hold their ground are the ones that are educated and know what they're talking about. Because... Uh, only a fool would stand there and, and, not, and not know what he's talking about and subject themselves to whatever management decides to do with them. So, you know, you got those that, you know, talk so, loud in the locker room and, and those that start to mumble when they stand in front of them. There's a lot of wrong and strong people down <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my so, God. so pay attention <laughs> to that because you know how our department is, you know. You know how supervision is. Uh, you brought up Stuart Riles. I, I had a confrontation with her. That's all it was. Stanley, it was a who, conversation. Oh, you said conversation? Conf, conf, confrontation with her. Who you didn't have a confrontation with? That's what I don't, we want to talk about. Let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> I just, this is just my perception. 
I think certain people walk around, they talk about me, and then every time that one that does come up to me, they want to be the one to go back with the tell, tell the story that, oh, I got them, I broke them down, I did this and this and this and this. Let me tell you something. Uh, first thing I believe in, as far as human beings, we all respect each other, right? And, and, and then I respect your title afterwards, but we, you know, we're human beings, so be respectful from the start. If you want to get my attention and you, and, and you want me to uh, at least give you that time to, to say whatever you're going to say, be, re be respectful and we can start from there. But when you start coming in and you, and you start voicing and getting loud and talking to me like I'm too, first thing, I'm a grown man, first thing. You're not coming to me and talk to me any way you want. Get ready because I'm get, I'm I'm insulting. I don't have to curse at you to get my point across. I'll make you still look like the jackass you are when you walk away from me. When you sit there and you come to me and just start to flap your gums and I'm saying you ain't doing nothing but blowing hot air. You're not even smart enough to stand in front of me and have a conversation. Take go go somewhere else with that noise. Okay, because I don't mind putting it on paper what you just did and to justify what I just did in return, you know. So go play where you can play at, you know. Some, you know, we we got different variations of sandboxes, you know. <laughs> where the big boys play and the little boys play, and 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 the special ed section. Go sit somewhere where you fit in at, because you don't fit over here with me. Yeah. Because you're gonna know understand one thing. You're going to respect me because I'm going to give you respect off the bat. You're going to get that till you open your mouth. And when I see you trying to challenge me and challenge my intelligence as well, get ready. Because when I'm finished with you, you're going to feel like you're two years old. When you walk away from me, you're going to say, you're going to be mumbling, that motherfucker, you're going to call me everything, and I'm going to be saying the same thing about you. Because we both are going to be irritated. Ain't one of us going to be irritated. We're going to share that burden together. Yeah. And you're going to remember the next time whether or not you want to come see me or not. Just leave me alone. I'm going to do what I need to do, but I'm not your child. You're not going to come and badger me. And that's the mentality of supervision a lot. We got to serve. What's the name of the program? I, I, I wanted to throw that in here right quick. The name of that so-called uh, program where they got the uh, shop stewards running around here. Uh. It's called the search program. Search program. Okay, I wanted to bring that up for a reason, you know, because they, um, uh, they, 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 we go to a union meeting and, and, they, and they come up and they say, oh, search prep is doing so much for, for us. But yet and still, I get calls all the time from, from cleaners like, oh, the supervisor disrespecting me, superintendent chasing me behind me, doing this and doing that. But where's this program and how much is supposed to come out? We got supervision on run. They hate the program. No, I think they laugh at the program when they, when they hear it. See, a part they laugh of, at it. A couple of those, those letters means response team. It must be stations, response team. That's well, whatever just, it is, what, it ain't responding so to nothing. When, I, when I, I sat down with the guys in stations, Derek and Joe, and I said, listen, because they had an issue with me bringing Jamel over to Nostrand Avenue when there was the, the, the whole fire thing. The whole fire thing. They, they, at least Joe just freaked out of it, you know. Wow. So I said, to, I said, listen. You know what? Did you at least call up? You've got this shop stewards program. Did you call anyone from the shop stewards program to to go over? Because we had that booth shut down for almost twenty hours. Mm. 
I said, did you call any of these people up? Because guess what? I know they would have loved to been there, the shop stewards. Instead of handing out flyers and, and checking the toilet to see if there's spider webs and the pipe is rusty. <laughs> you know, they would wow. love to go where the action is. You know, there's a police investigation. People are going to the hospital. They've got all of this. They're cleaning the booth for chemicals. Shop steward would love to be there for that. Right? Yeah. What a learning experience. I remember when they tried to set up the booth. I went there as a shop steward, blah, blah, blah. And you know, I asked some of the shop stewards, the decor thing, would you? He goes, man, I would have loved to have been there. But so I said to myself, look at all these instances. How many times people go to the hospital? Here you got like a woman today got robbed, right? Call up one of your shop stewards. Hey, listen, you ain't, would you like to go on over? Oh, wait, I'm, I'll be there in 15 minutes. I can't wait to go to represent and, and protect someone. I'll stand there. I'll be between them and management, and I'll protect them. And guess what? You can, and I'll call you on the phone if I need any assistance, any knowledge. Well, let me ask you a question. These shop stewards came from Nick Bedell? <laughs> See, so, so. <laughs> let me. <laughs> no, no, no. That's, that's a yes or no question. No, no, no. Actually, I'd say no. Oh, okay. This is a stations, this is a stations program. Listen, all of this But stuff, don't Nick Bedell train all the shop stewards? Throughout the union, throughout the local, I believe so. So they, 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 they derived yeah. from Nick Bedell? Maybe. You know what probably was? I assume maybe they went to his well, program. I'm going to answer that. They not ready. <laughs> can, can I just say that? They not ready. <laughs> can I say this in my, in my Samuel L. Jackson voice? May I retort? <laughs> <laughs> they, they, listen, if they came from Nick Bedell, Joe. they not ready. They never seen the grievance paper. They know a bullshit history about the union. The only thing they probably know how to do is a medical claim appeals form. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you something. I'm gonna bring some. Uh, I'm gonna bring some information, and I'm gonna let y'all see it for yourself, and let you see what a shop steward is capable of doing. You know, a shop steward that's on the job, that know what they're doing, that's well trained, what they're trying to do. Now, I had a certain individual, and I can't wait to get this person in, that sat there after a shop steward class had just completed. And one of the questions that came up at a union meeting was, is a shop steward on par with management when it comes to arguing issues on the job? And I had somebody sat there and said no. Fortunately, I had a young lady sitting there with some of my books, and I pulled, I told her to pass me one of her books, and I showed them that, yeah, a shop steward is on par with management when it comes to arguing on the behalf of a member. Now, if you're going to circumvent that, that violates the law. I'm going to have all of that when I come in here uh, uh, next Thursday. I want, you to, I want you to see it. I want you to see it in writing for yourself to see how... The, and, the, and the excuse of the VP at that meeting was, well, we don't want shop stewards going around arguing with supervision. They don't want, the, they don't want you They strong. don't want Anthony Staley, who's a shop steward. Exactly. They don't want to empower you. Exactly. They, and guess what? Management doesn't recognize the union, doesn't know what a union is. It's pretty sad when the union leadership doesn't rep recognize its its offices and its shop stewards. Not only yeah. that, they See, don't even that. realize the power. The shop steward, even for them to remove your stewardship, they have to take you to federal court. You're protected under federal law. Now, the thing is that with this union, it seemed like they only used the eight shop stewards to hand out to flyers, flyers exactly. to, to be a part of the promotional team. Yeah, and right. guess what? And these shop stewards, they've got great intentions. 
They want to be a part of something. Like exactly. people go to church. I mean, this is a religious experience for some people to be a part of something. Exactly. I'm a part of a family now. Uh-huh. This union family. I can't wait to be involved. And then, you know, oh, we got some flyers. Come on down and pick up the flyers. And I that's s- all you do. I remember my first day in shop steward class because I took it so serious. I wore a, two, uh, a three-piece suit. <laughs> remember that, cuz? I, I wore a suit. Mr. Wall I said, Street. I said, I said, after that first date, I said, what the hell, man? I might as well come in here in construction clothes. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Cause it, and it became more bullshit as it went along. And I'm like, now, Nick Bedell, we put pressure on him after the fact. Like, yo, that class is bullshit. This, that, this, that. Oh, you ain't know about our part two? You ain't tell us about a part two until we started blasting you. Now there's a part two to the shop steward class. Yeah. Why would you separate it when you got people there at that certain point to you could all the time they wasted there was it was bullshit. The class was what two and a half hours. Something yeah, two and a half hours. And we was yes. leaving like a half an hour early every class or some shit like that. Uh-huh. And then they told us that all as long as you made four classes out of six, you only needed four classes to get your shop store. Now I came from a union where you had to be voted to be a shop right. shop store. Exactly. No, some no, sections no, do. Yeah, no, yeah. no volunteer. You volunteer, but oh, don't worry about it. You got to come to four classes. I know somebody who went to a, a class a year ago, and he asked them, how, "Well, how many classes you attended?" Oh, I only came to two. Oh, you just got to come to two more, and then. You know, you're a shop store. What, what kind of prep? What if they come to the same two classes that they already attended? What are they learning? Let me tell you something. That, and, 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 that, and that's something I wanted to point out. Uh, I, like I said, over the, for the length of time I, I was a shop steward, um, I, I encountered a, a, a case of, uh, of, uh, of racism. And in the process of doing that, um, I'm sitting before an attorney, one of our union attorneys, and the union attorney asked uh, uh, then VP that uh, is he a shop steward? And 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 this this person sit there and says no. And I'm sitting there like I'm saying, y'all turned around and had me go to shop steward again just to appease yours. I've been a shop steward uh, before even Roger came in. So, so how are you going to sit here and say you don't know? You don't know. That, that's incompetence here. How could your union officials sit there and don't know what, how many and who are shop stewards in your department? They don't want to empower anybody. That's, that's exactly. It. They that's don't want you. See, because read, read up on a shop store where they can and can. And the first thing Nick says one time, and I, and, and I said, okay, I'm going to just let you just say that because... Really, I'm not that stupid. It says that which you read applies to other unions, not this union, because we are public union. No, the Shaw Stewart uh, 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 position doesn't take different because uh, it's different from any other union because it's in general. I got two sets of books. I got it uh, um, from the federal perspective. And then I got it broken down for those that's a little slow and don't know how to read, you know, with the pictures and the little kitty pictures in it and all that. I got it like that, too, so they could understand. I got both variations. Read which one you could understand because they both said the same thing. Well, other unions, shop stores get released to do discipline. Exactly. And we, we're supposed to contractually. We're supposed to. Contractually. They don't we're do that supposed to, We're supposed to be. We're supposed to be, uh, 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 you know, a member is not supposed to be locked into 
uh, 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 whatever union uh, 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 person they got represented. Um, as long as you're a member of this union, you're, you're supposed to be allowed to pick who you want to represent you. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you can't just get stuck with bad representation and just have to accept it. Now, this is what the union did say to me one time, and then that's when I also I've said, really, come on, for real? They said, well, a, a, a member asked me to represent them, and they asked me, well, you're going to have to sign off on the paper saying we're not responsible for whatever outcome uh, happens. I'm still a member, dummy. How you going to say about You're going to release yourself from any responsibility of whatever happens. What you telling me, for what? Two hours or something, I'm no longer a, one, a local 100 uh, member? You ain't in the in crowd state. Yeah. That's what they was telling you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said, <laughs> I'm really supposed to listen to this. Well, okay, I'll let y'all just say this. But I know for a fact that I ain't signing nothing. I'm coming and I'm going to do the case. I came to do the case. And I'm going to show you how so much politics played in a role. A VP for transit. Uh, uh, the director from labor relations and a bunch of other people come running downstairs at two Broadway. Staley's in, Staley's here, Staley, in, they get on the phone and then they turned around and called our then president and asked him, he said, we got Staley here, he's doing this case. It was a very easy case as that because what, what it is, I'm going to go over it briefly, was the young lady was sitting in the booth, her, her uh, radio, the, her scanner was out. And there was a sick passenger on her station, and they called for an uh, ambulance. When the ambulance got there, they walked to her booth, asked her about it. She said, I don't know nothing about it. But mind you, in the booth was a record. You know how they do the inspections, booth inspection, saying that that scanner been out for months. But they trying to bang her and get her days in the street for it. That's what the case was about. But we had our own union president sitting on the phone talking about, no, don't let them do it. No, don't let them do it. And then you had a, count, a lawyer for our union walking up and saying, well, Mr. Staley, do you know that um, at the time there was a um, change in um, labor laws when it came to private, uh, um, when it came to private unions, not ours. And he tried to uh, use that to say that, um, well, I, can't, I couldn't represent her. I said, yes, I can. You know? So he saw he couldn't move me. So he walked away, and all three went in a room <laughs> across the damn hall, the arbitration room at 2 Broadway, sat in there and tried to construe something else to come and throw my way. In the meantime, while they got me attending, they bring somebody else to grab the young lady and takes her in anyway, and, and, and takes her in to do the, do the case anyway. When they finish... Uh, uh, when they and when they come out, they turns around and me and the girl, and the young lady walking out the door, and they says, "Make sure he don't bring his ass back here." That's what they words. Make sure he don't bring his ass back in. And I was cool with that because I knew you respect me. I wasn't no dummy. You respected my intelligence, and I wasn't just the regular guy that gonna come in there and lay down and serve up a member to you and give him and, and let you get up get what she want. She went in there. And when, they, and when she came out, they didn't bang her for what she did. They ended up, they were talking about 10 days. 10 days turned into a warning. Talking about, and she shouldn't have even have gotten that. Because the bottom line is all them supervisors that came to that booth and did a booth inspection and put on that log that that scanner was out. Them are the ones that should have got disciplined. Because you put on the log, is that, but did you do anything to get it fixed? Okay? And that's what you banged her on. So... They can say what they want, the, you know? The problem here, it's always been politics. Yeah, it is. Now, when I was VP, 
you had one of your guys that got written up, and you said, Mooney, I want to be able to defend the guy at a disciplinary hearing. Mm-hmm. And we went to 130 Livingston Street, right? And all the feathers went up. Staley's here. He's not supposed to be here. And the call went up to the union hall. Because mm-hmm. right? I'm in bad standing, but I'm, I'm a bad guy, and you're a bad guy at that time. I'm the exactly. VP. Yes, I right. says, all right, you want to come on down? Let's come on down, Staley. I li- See, I like a show. I like some action. You understand? <laughs> so come on down. And all the people that were down there, boop, from the union now. Staley's here. They went right to the phone, and they called up our president back then. Mm-hmm. All right? Yes, sir. Now, we did the hearing. About a week later, I go upstairs to see the director of labor relations management. He tells me to come into his office. He closes the door, and he pull, opens up a file cabinet on his desk, and he pulls out a little a memo from our president to the senior director of labor relations, senior VP of labor, Ralph Agritelli. He I sent a letter to Ralph Agritelli not him. allowing Staley to die. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and he looks at me. I says, I understand, boys. I know. This, this is crazy. <laughs> you understand? You public now, enemy, man. No, no, and listen, and it, I still fight to the day. They ain't going to change me. Another, one, another change one here was Tank. Tank's guy. Mm-hmm. You know Bryant, right? Yep. Bryant was out. They tried to fire Bryant. Clean him. He works with Tank on the trains. I don't know. I'm, I try to just keep it first name, so, you know. Mm-hmm. So now everyone's out campaigning, but I've been ordered that I have to do arbitrations. So listen, ain't no problem. You know, I like, you know, this the greatest feeling in the world for me is when you can protect someone from this evil empire, right? Exactly. So can you imagine when Tank wasn't elected, right? He was elected years prior. He was not elected anymore, and he wanted to represent his guy. I said, Tank, guess what? There ain't no one else from the union here. It's just me and you. You want to come into arbitration? I went in there. I said, listen, I'm going to have Mr. Tank Hammonds represent, help, help me represent this member. He's a former executive board member. He knows the rules. And he came in. He introduced himself. He's a gentleman. And t- being, being named Tank, he, Tank is a big guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> but guess what? He got the respect. Of his co-workers. Respect. This is the guy they want there to protect them. So guess what? On the final, now he saved Brian's job. He didn't get fired. Mm-hmm. Right? And on the arbitration award, the union reps was Tank and me. And that was a great thing because in the next election, Tank got elected to the vice chair and then was removed. In yeah. fact, prevented from even in the chief that got Tank... They're locking the door to the union hall, preventing Tank to get into the union yeah. hall. Yeah. So here I allowed Tank oh, wow. to represent his co-worker, his friend as well. It's like family now. We're talking family, right? Mm-hmm. How close everyone is there. So he can go there to save his guy. And when he wasn't elected, where I was able, there was no one there to, to make any phone calls. And we saved the guy's job. But then when Tank got elected, voted in. Then they removed and prevented the tank from even going into the damn union hall. It was the, yes, the, right. the lowest gotcha. point I ever seen. I was so sad. Yeah. I but remember. then I'm, I'm sitting in the booth and I said, wow, look at Tank, man. 
Tank got elected. They well. now they're preventing him to go into the hall and his and his co-workers who trust him. Like a father figure. Yeah. You understand? Because now, he, now we're at that age. We're father figures, you know? Yeah. Guys are saying, hey, man, I need you to... And he went in there to protect this guy. And then when I saw him getting locked out, I was, I was so broken inside. It was the lowest point I seen. I see some low points. I saw that. I said, wow, that's yeah. a, a low uh, point. Uh, I'm going to ask, you this, I'm ask you this before we wrap it up because it's almost time. <laughs> what you planning on doing for the next election? You want to know something? To do something, you got to do it right. See, I'm a Giants fan. See what happened this Sunday? How they lost. <laughs> I was disgusted Sunday. Yeah, I know you were. Even into Monday. <laughs> now, last year, they even did, they did that like five times last yeah, year. Yeah, more than that probably. Yeah, yeah, but I guess know. what? Like the last game of the season last year, the coach, Tom Coughlin, they yeah. asked him this. Oh, you know, you're losing the games the last play of the game. You're losing it right in the leg. He said, and this is, and I'm going to say, I love this line, he said. We will win when we deserve to win. I said, damn, that's a line. We got, if you're going to win, you're going to run, you're going to run for office, you got to put together a team so you can deserve to win. And you got to be serious on winning. I don't think people have been serious. So right now, I'm, listen, I'm so happy just being the chair of the section. I've never had so much fun. I was the vice president. I didn't have one good day as the VP. <laughs> it was a miserable experience. I didn't have a team. Yeah. You need That's a lot true. of people That's on true. board. Yeah. You can't yeah. be scoring the points all by yourself. You can't be playing defense, offense. You, got, you need a lot of people on the team. Yeah. This is a huge business. There's two things. There's the business of just getting elected. That's a different business than running the union. Yeah. You see? Mm -hmm. See, I'm a better politician. Than running the day-to-day day-to-day or day business. Mm -hmm. See, I'll tell you my faults and my positives. Yeah. Because I've been there. Because it's a joke if you get in there and you don't, have, you don't have the tools to do the job. It's a serious job. We got 5,000 people. People are getting fired now. Fired. Probation's extended. Yeah. Well, we go fight that. We're here to fight. I'm so glad. <laughs> I'm so glad for this that. cleaners rally because it, it's it's a first step. It empowers people. It exactly. tells people they can say no and say no. I want justice. Don't treat me this way. Exactly. And put a little pressure. And I love that it's being done at ten o'clock when the people are in them offices. Exactly. We'll put pressure on. I love that. Yeah. Now, real quick, I want to I want to go back to probationary employees real quick, and I want to read uh, the authorities. Uh, policy when it's from the discipline manual uh the probationary period in the ta is 12 months exclusive of leave and may be extended to uh, up to 18 months in three month intervals in map store tw covered employees serve a 12-month probationary period under paragraph six of the 2003 oata service consolidation implementation agreement that period may be extended up to 18 months in three-month increments. Uh, TSO-covered employees also serve a one-year probation. That's the dispatchers and whatnot, supervisors. In both the TA and OA, probationary employees are not entitled to disciplinary hearings with the following exceptions. A special probationary hearing is held for probationary employees in both the TA and OA with less than the minimum period of probationary service less than two months of service after appointment or less than four months after promotion. 
where, per, where performance is deemed unsatisfactory and termination sought. In a case where termination is sought, before the end of the minimum period of probationary service described above, the department shall forward a recommendation to prefer charges for a special probationary hearing. A provisional employee in the Department of Buses with more than a year of continuous satisfactory service in a title covered by the contract may appeal disciplinary actions through the contractual disciplinary procedure. However, such employee is not entitled to a hearing but beyond the first year of service if the infraction occurs during a probationary extension. In both the OA and TA, an employee who tests positive for drugs, alcohol, <coughs> or any controlled substance is dismissed and has no right to restoration. Mm -hmm. So that's the policy when it comes to probationary extensions and stuff. Right. Yeah, but it still don't it still don't explain what what they supposed to do with civil service, and they still disrespecting that. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah of course. On that, that that's there. They're not going to put that in there because they they want you to explore that on your own. They want either your representation or you be knowledgeable of that and find it out on your own. Because once, like just like they did for you, once they when they saw you went to. Uh, DAC on them and, 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 and they got their decision what they said but they automatically just gave it up they said yeah you're right and, and the person came see they're not going to put the, uh, the, uh, a way for you to maintain uh, uh, your job or anything on there they're going to depend that your representation know that you know on, that got, they we, fight we got to get up out of here yeah, so yeah, we got, yeah. Mooney leave us with a, a final word <clears throat> Well, the main thing here is we're going to be looking at uh, October 13th. That's the day, right? Yeah. It's oh, a, yeah. This is going to be a historic day. Historic. It's a first step. It's a revival of unionism in Local 100. There we go. Can't wait. Be there at 10 o'clock. Get there early. Lance, you ain't escaping, bro. Uh, yeah, well, I just want to piggyback off what Mr. Mooney said. Definitely October 13th. Um, it's definitely going to be a grand day for the cleaners and the whole station department. I haven't seen a rally like this in a minute, especially for cleaners. So it's the first for me. And he's a team leader. So, so definitely holla at my I, boy yeah, Lance yes, Jones. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. See if my likes go up after this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Staley, we shouldn't even leave you with the final word. You're going to have the whole stage to yourself <laughs> next Quickly, week. I just want to say, listen. For those, I see a lot of y'all that, that have problems, the new people, come out to the rally, just show support, support your, the people that are, are really standing up and helping you and giving you the right information and being honest and truthful to you. I, I implore everybody, station agents, everybody, to be out there for the rally and we're going to try to change the station. We're not going to try to change it, but we're going to change the attitude in the station's department. Uh, you got something to say, Cuz? No, I'm good. I think right. every, everybody basically uh, summed up what I wanted to say, you know? Ah, uh, yeah, that's good. Tune into um, progressiveaction.info for the articles. Check our SoundCloud, Progressive Action, and our Facebook, Progressive Action. Thanks for coming out. Thank our guests. We definitely appreciate y'all for coming through on October 13th. Is the rally. Let's get it 10 a.m. to Broadway. Peace. Peace out, everybody. Have Peace. a good night. All right. All right. All right.